Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Day by day, and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, Let's go ahead and open our Bibles again today to Matthew chapter number one, and we're going to pick up our study in verse number one. Last time we were together, we did a brief introduction to the book, and we started looking at verse number one. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And the first thing we see here is that Matthew opens his gospel, introducing Jesus as the son of David and the son of Abraham. And last time we were together, we discussed the fact that at Jesus' first advent, he legitimately came, which means he did offer to fulfill both of these covenants. The son of the the Davidic covenant is what we call it, and the Abrahamic covenants. Uh, there are two types of covenants in the Bible. You have unconditional covenants and conditional covenants. Unconditional covenants are "I will." In other words, God says, "I will do this," regardless of what you do. And now, conditional covenants are "If you will, I will." In other words, I'll do this if you do that. But when it comes to the Davidic covenant and the Abrahamic covenants, those are unconditional covenants. Those are covenants that God says will indeed be fulfilled. Um, and Jesus legitimately came to fulfill both of these covenants. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, last time we did talk about how that uh, uh, when Jesus came, uh, many were looking for the fulfillment of Malachi 4-5 uh, in the of the prophecy of the, the coming of Elijah being the forerunner of the Messiah. In Matthew 17-12, Jesus told them that he could have been if you hadn't rejected him and killed him. In other words, the, the kingdom was legitimately offered at the first advent. Yes, God and his foreknowledge knew that it would be rejected, but he did legitimately offer. It's the same thing like with salvation. You know, God legitimately offers salvation to all men, but he knows in his foreknowledge that some will, and the vast majority will not, but he still made the offer. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at these two covenants and exactly what they are and how Jesus uh, wanted to could have, but was not able to, at his first coming, fulfill these. Okay, the Davidic covenant. Jesus was to be, and will yet future be, the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant because he is qualified to fulfill that covenant. Now, what is that covenant? Second Samuel chapter number 7. Second Samuel uh, chapter number 7 and verse number 12. This is the covenant. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you. Now, this is the Lord making a covenant with 
King David. And he tells him, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom. I will be his father. He shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And here it is. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. That, my friend, is the Davidic covenant. Now, obviously, huge portions of that is speaking of Solomon, who was David's son, who took over after David died. But ultimately, as you can see there toward the end, he says, established forever. Obviously, Solomon is dead. So it's looking way out past Solomon. And it's looking forward to the one that would come and sit upon his father, David, forever. And that, my friend, can only be Jesus. And the Bible is very clear that Jesus is the king. Jesus does have a throne, and Jesus does have a kingdom. He is declared to be a king in the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter number 2, let's go back over there real quick. Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 2. Now, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Those are Herod's words when the wise men came looking for the following the star, looking for the one who was to be king of the Jews. Uh, Matthew 27, 37. And they put up over his head the accusation written, this is Jesus king of the Jews, nailed above his head on the cross at his crucifixion. He is declared to be a king. He also has a throne. Luke 1.32, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David in fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. He also has a kingdom. Luke 2342. And he said to Jesus, this was the thief on the cross, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, this night you will be with me in paradise. You see, Jesus came, legitimately offered the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant in himself, but he and his forerunner, John the Baptist witness, who could have been Elijah, was rejected. Now understand, just because at the first advent it was rejected, we know that at the second advent it's not going to be offered. It's going to be forced. Jesus the first time came meek and lowly riding on a donkey. Jesus the second time he comes, the Bible says, will come riding upon a white stallion. And when he comes, he's not going to be coming all meek and lowly. He's going to come with a sword coming out of his mouth, that with it he will judge the nations. So the Davidic covenant, Jesus came and offered the kingdom 
and the fulfilling of the Davidic covenant at his first advent. And of course, Matthew here is trying to establish the fact that this is indeed the Messiah. This is the fulfillment of the promises, the covenants that were made uh, to King David and to Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. Now, also, Matthew wanted to clearly demonstrate this to his fellow Jews. Now, what is the Abrahamic covenant? Well, we see that covenant in Genesis chapter number 12. In Genesis, all the way back in the first book of the Bible, 12th chapter, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That, my friend, is the Abrahamic covenant. It was reiterated in Genesis chapter 17 and verse number 1. In Genesis, let's see, chapter 17, And verse number one, and when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, okay, now he made the covenant to him when he came out of the land, going to the land that he will show him. Now he's 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked to him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Again, this is an unconditional covenant. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations out of you, and kings shall come from you, and I will. Establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. And I will give you and your descendants in verse number eight after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, as for you. You will keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, throughout your generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep. Between me and you and your descendants after you, every male child among you shall be circumcised. And then he says, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generation who is born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not your descendants. He is born in your house and he who is brought with your, bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for, listen, an everlasting covenant. That is the Abrahamic covenant. Okay, and Jesus came to not only fulfill the Davidic covenant by setting upon the throne of his father, David, but he also came to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. And Jesus kept the sign of the covenant. You remember he said, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. That was why it was important 
for Jesus to be circumcised. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 21, And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. Okay? So Jesus was circumcised as a fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. Jesus was the promised seed. He was the promised seed that would come. Um, in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 16, Now the promises were spoken to Abram and to his seed. He does not say unto seeds, referring as to many, but rather to one. And that seed is Christ. Jesus was the promised seed of Abraham. Okay. Now he's not referring to the seed of Genesis verse number uh, Genesis chapter number fifteen, but to the seed of Genesis twenty two seventeen. Okay, in Genesis twenty two seventeen, let's look over in uh, Genesis. Let's see fifteen. Uh, Genesis 15 first and these things the word of the Lord came to Abraham vision do not be afraid I'm your shield your exceeding great reward and Abraham's look said look you've given me no offspring indeed one born in my house is my heir and behold the word of the Lord came to him and said this one shall not be your heir but the one that will come from your body and of course that was Isaac not Ishmael okay and um, notice he says then he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heavens, count the stars, if you're able to number them. And Abram said, so shall, and he said, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and it accounted to him for righteousness. And he said, I am the Lord who brought you out of the earth of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know? And he said, bring me a heifer. So he was saying, I'm going to give you offspring through Isaac and your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. Okay, that's referring to his seed as speaking of the children of Israel. But this seed is a special seed. Look in Genesis chapter number 22. In Genesis chapter number 22 and verse number 17, the Lord said, in verse 15, pick it up for context. And the angel of the Lord called Abraham the second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord. In other words, you don't have anything to do with this. This is my covenant. I will, because you have done this thing, you've not withheld your son. You remember he went to offer Isaac. He said, Your only son. Blessing I will bless you. Multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and the sand which is along the seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Okay, now in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now, what is that seed? It's speaking as of not of many, but as of one seed that he's referring to there. Okay, the, this, com, this comment proves to be quite controversial, but we'll go with what the inspiration of the scripture says in regards to it. In other words, yes, Abraham had many seeds, but one seed was going to be the fulfillment of the promise, that one seed that would come. Let me see here, as of many, there's a verse... Uh, I believe it's in Romans. 
Yeah, it's in Galatians, actually. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 16. The Apostle Paul said, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He did not say, and to seeds, with a little s, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, capital S, who is Christ. Jesus came to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant, which largely has to do with land and with blessing. So you have Jesus coming to fulfill, as the Messiah, to fulfill the Davidic covenant, which was to sit upon the throne of his father David. And Matthew found it very important, as he's speaking to a Jewish audience, to make sure that they understood that this Jesus, who is the Messiah, fulfilled everything necessary to be the descendant of David and to be the descendant of Abraham. But not only that, to be the fulfillment of the covenant that was made to David and the fulfillment of the covenant that was made to Abraham. And next time we get together, we'll we'll look at the generation of Jesus Christ there. That's a very interesting statement. And we'll talk about the old Adam and the new Adam next time we're together. Well, God bless you guys. I do hope that you have a great day. Remember that God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.